0: Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Second hour of Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Being brought to you by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Also, South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. And Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. This holiday season, protect your family for those unexpected life moments. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. The, uh, the Colts and Cowboys going to be uh, kicking off on Sunday Night Football tonight, getting the, uh, the big primetime spot. The, uh, the man who's going to be on the radio side doing the, uh, the call of the game for the Indianapolis Colts, obviously, going to be uh, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. This is Matt Taylor. How are you, Matt? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, first of all, um, are you surprised that this is still a, a Sunday night game?
1: No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know the Colts have certainly <laughs> underwhelmed at this point of the season, but uh, I mean, you're talking about uh, the Cowboys having a great season, eight and three, and the Colts still have a lot of marquee players on their roster, with you know Stephon Gilmore and Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor and, and DeForest Buckner. So, I think still enough firepower, you know, on uh, from a personnel uh, standpoint to make this game interesting, and uh, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I think, obviously, the, the Cowboys are, are the main draw in this game, certainly at 8-3, and three, but I think the Colts could make it interesting, and uh, that's going to be their plan coming up this weekend on Sunday night. All
0: right. Um, Jeff, Saturday 1-2, and two, uh, kind of a, I, I guess, a little bit of a heartbreaker against the Steelers on Monday night uh, this past week. Um, is there any... Any sort of if we had done this, then we're then we win. Or you know, any any second guessing. We know, I, I know that uh, Jeff Saturday said you know maybe he should have used a timeout. You know in that in that last minute of that game. Is there anything else uh, that they've been kind of second guessing themselves on or anything?
1: Yeah, no. I think that I think the clock management, the game management, and then in the last uh, two minutes there of that game. You know, the Colts got the ball in their own seven yard line, just under four minutes to go, down by a full touchdown. In that situation so I think you know the, the the situation that he would like to have back is that crucial third and two just outside the red zone not calling a timeout there running a play getting quickly back to the line of scrimmage running Jonathan Taylor and, and then getting tackled for a loss to set up a fourth and three they didn't end, uh, end up getting it the next play that that was the situation that he'd like to have back kind of called it a learning experience and a, and a growing experience so I mean, technically the Colts didn't run out of time. They just ran out of plays, obviously, on, right. on fourth and three there, just outside the red zone. So, um, you know, he admitted that and, and called it a, you know, kind of a, a growth moment for him. But like you said, he's been on the job for three weeks. And, you know, to his credit, uh, you know, the Colts have been in, in two-minute, you know, end-of-half situations uh, the last two games leading into last Monday night against the Raiders and the Eagles. And they performed, you know, beautifully getting field goals at the end of the Raider game and the Eagle game, uh, right there before the end of the half, and the clock management in those situations was beautiful. Now this yeah. situation, a little bit different because they needed a full touchdown. They started on their own seven-yard line. They had timeouts at their disposal. So, yeah, th- those are some things they're trying to build on, and you know certainly Jeff Saturday ag- acknowledged that and, and is trying to grow uh, from, from that standpoint uh, going into his fourth game as the, as the interim head coach
0: of the Colts. Is he coaching like uh, like he wants a shot at the at the job permanently?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he is. He's made no bones about it. I mean, he's going to give it his all. He's going to give it everything that he's got. And you know, I mean, what, what, whether this uh, record is is good enough after eight games with five games to go, I mean, that's that's going to be remained to seen. But um, you know, he's he's talked openly about that. You know, at the end of this trial run, if you will, or this experiment um, you know, depending on how it goes, he's, he's open saying, I, I may I may be no good at this, and they're going to run me out of town. And I'm I'm not probably going to be considered for uh, the, the job long term, or, you know, I, I could be a good, you know, uh, you know, guy that could galvanize the team. And I'm, I'm a great, you know, spokesperson, and I'm a great, you know, unifier of men, which he is, he's an unbelievable leader of men in that regard. And, um, so from that standpoint, I, I think it is going well because this team has had a little bit more of an edge, a little bit more of a, you know, chip on their shoulder, I think in these last three games, but, um, certainly proof is in the pudding. I mean, it's all about wins. You know, record is everything in this league, as you know, so, um, we're going to find out how it all kind of shakes out in this last month of the season.
0: The voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, joining me on, uh, on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on sports radio, 960 WSBT. Um if If the whole Jeff Saturday thing does work out and he winds up you know like the Colts you know kind of turn things around and you know maybe you know maybe go four and four to to close up the season, you know not great or anything like that, but good enough to where there are moments where it's like yeah jeff's the guy um could you see more of that happening in the n f l where 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 teams are more likely to you know just take a chance on on a guy who You know, not only in like you know, say the team's Ring of Honor, but uh, you know, somebody who uh, you know doesn't have much in the way of coaching experience. Could could that become a trend?
1: Well, he he talked openly about that again a a few weeks ago when he took the job. I mean, that that was a big, you know, for lack of a better term, inspiration for him in, in taking this position because he's seen it be done in other sports. You know, like with the Yankees with Aaron Boone and. And, and and Steve Nash in the NBA. I mean, some of these guys have had really no uh, prior history coaching at that level. Doesn't mean it can't be done. Doesn't mean a former player that 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 hasn't, you know, for lack of a better term, paid his dues. Doesn't mean he can't come in and and, and be a good unifier of men and a good leader and, and hold the guy hold guys accountable. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, when this was offered to him by by Jim Ursa and Chris Ballard, he wasn't going to miss out on opportunity to sort of kind of be a trailblazer at least in that regard in that aspect for for the NFL and what that means uh, as a former player to, to be a head coach at least on an interim basis in the NFL um, so he, he's not going to I mean J- Jeff is one of the more you know he, he is so comfortable in his own skin he really is he mm-hmm. he knows who he is and, and maybe more importantly he knows who he isn't and and I think it's fair to say that he probably through three weeks doesn't really have a full mastery of the offensive playbook or the defensive playbook. That's what Gus Bradley's for. That's mm-hmm. what Parks Fraser is for, and the rest of those guys on the offensive staff. But what he is doing is he is holding guys accountable. He's being a fresh voice uh, from a head coaching position, and and he's he's holding the core group of players on this roster that have been here since. 2018 and 2019 he is he is putting pressure on those guys and it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes like I said we still have five games to play and you know at the at the end of the season the Colts are certainly going to have to go through that exhaustive uh, exhaustive search to, to see who the uh, you know the long-term options are they're going to have to comply with the Rooney rule there's no doubt about that and um, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all works out but I think. Jeff Saturday is is not shying away from this opportunity, and he's putting his best foot forward. And you know, despite his critics, he's he's comfortable in his own skin and and taking this opportunity and running with it. And he's not shying away from the people that are detractors from how he got this job and and you know the situation that he's in right now.
0: Turning to uh, the the team on the field, actually, uh, <laughs> which is probably a, a a nice a nice change of pace for you sometimes. Uh, four seven and one. Not exactly where I thought the Colts were going to be at, at, at this point of the season. Uh, you, is like is there at least some sort of optimism to where, hey, we've got a chance to, at the very least, make a respectable showing?
1: Well, yeah, there's no question that, that the Colts are very much off of the path that they thought they were going to be on. And I'll raise my hand, too. You know, when we broke training camp at, at at Westfield at Grand Park, you know, offensively speaking, if you would have told me three months ago that the Colts would be, you know, putting up only 15 points per game, right. I would have said, you know, how? Like, how, how is that possible considering all the top-end talent they have within that unit uh, on offense with, you know, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and, yeah. and Braden Smith and uh, Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan who – you know, was a perceived upgrade over what they had at quarterback last year over Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman Jr. coming off a 1,000-yard season and and so on and so forth, you know, using Naeem Hines in the slot as a wide receiver to, to be where they are right now in terms of stagnation on offense. And, and I've been doing this for a long time. I mean, this is my, you know, 11th uh, season, uh, or I should say 12th season, 11th year with the Colts. Um, it's really one of the, Biggest surprises that I've had covering the team uh, for the team just just the stagnation on offense is really really perplexing. Obviously, it's a loaded question. There's a lot that's gone into it, but quite frankly, nothing has gone you know according to script uh, since this team broke camp. Um, so from that standpoint, what they're trying to do with these last five games is just you know make it interesting and, and continue to put their best foot forward. And, and and it's it's hard, right? Because you fired your offensive coordinator, right. you fired your head coach, who was the play caller, and so there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of different pieces. I think all of that has sort of contributed to to where the Colts are at right now. Uh, but there's no doubt they've they've underwhelmed, they've underperformed, and uh, they're just trying to kind of put it all together and 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 figure out you know who's going to be here next year and, and what is salvageable. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's a very difficult schedule down the stretch. I mean, starting Sunday night, you got to play the Cowboys and then the Chargers and then the Vikings, who have one of the best records in the NFL. Then you're going to have to play the Giants. Um, so there's no question the Colts have an uphill battle, but, um, this is, this is sort of the, the hole that they dug for themselves. And I think what they're trying to do on Sunday night, anyways, is, is is uh you know put, go out on a high note at least before the bye mm-hmm. you know prove to themselves prove to the rest of the league that they're better than what they've put out there uh you know to this point of the season and then have a week off to kind of regalvanize yourself going into these last four games of the season
0: really good matchup to uh, to watch going to be CD Lamb and Stephon Gilmore like that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch like all night long isn't it no question
1: about it. I mean, CD Lamb, he's got over 60 catches. He's, you know, second in the NFC in receiving yards. He's their go to guy. And Stephon Gilmore this year, say what you want about the Colts as a team. Gilmore, respectively, on his own, he's lived up to the billing. He's oh, lived absolutely. up to the hype. And yeah. he is, he's proved Chris Ballard very, very much right in the offseason, bringing him over in free agency, coming mm-hmm. over from the Carolina Panthers. I mean, if you think about it, Stephon Gilmore this year has three game-winning plays, Yeah, right? I mean, I know the Colts only have four wins, but he's got three game-winning plays yeah. on defense, you know, in crunch time. You know, big plays, you know, pass the defense or picks, you know, against the Denver Broncos or the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Had that big play late in that game against the Raiders. Um, and he has shut down some elite receivers, and C.D. Lamb's going to qualify as that coming up this weekend. Um, so that, that, you're, you're exactly right. That matchup's going to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, coming up on Sunday night, because there's no question that the majority of that game you're going to see number five on number 88 for the uh, for the Cowboys.
0: And there's and there's been some some really good play on defense just all all around too. Zaire Franklin's having a good year. Grover Stewart, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a great year too. Uh, DeForest Buckner, you know, a, a nice gel there too. Uh, so I mean, there, there's. There's a there's a lot going well for the defense at the very least. Like they're not getting bombed out of games.
1: No, I mean you look at it, I mean the Colts this year they've they've lost three games where they've held their opponent to under twenty points. Yeah. Right? I mean, so they for for by and large, they they've been really, really good. Um and and that's the problem. They they've been really, really good, but considering the offensive inefficiencies this year. Because the Colts have had they've had eight games on offense where they've been under twenty points. So it's it's forced the defense to go from really, really good to great to elite, and they just haven't been able to do that. Yeah, you know, especially in these last three home games, you know, where the Colts have lost to the Commanders, Eagles, and the Steelers. They've been good in those games, but they haven't been Uber elite to the point where they're closing teams out in the fourth quarter and they're stopping teams in crunch time. It just seems like in these last couple of games, teams are getting that one big drive, that one yeah. big touchdown in the fourth quarter that seems to doom the Colts because of their offensive inefficiencies, turnovers at inopportune times. So, again, I think it's it's fair to say, and this is me not being critical, but the defense has been really, really good. I think certainly good enough to be much better than their record at 4-7-1, and one but because of the offense this year just with all the turnovers not being able to score not being able to get big plays on offense that has contributed to the defense sort of getting you know damned by perception the perception mm-hmm. is they're they're okay i think they're much better than the results have shown so far this
0: season well uh, we'll get you out of here with one last question what uh, what non Micah Parsons related thing? Do the Colts have to have to do to get a win in Dallas? And I'm and by that I mean yeah, they, you know basically short of throwing all five offensive linemen on Micah Parsons on every play.
1: <laughs> well, the, the crazy thing is it's not just Micah Parsons. Yeah. I mean the, the 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 Dallas Cowboys have 45 sacks as a team. Yeah. Which is you know that's number one in the NFL, but it's also the most sacks by an NFL team through 11 games. Yeah. In the last twenty years,
0: yeah, just so it's a not just level. Micah
1: Parsons. I mean, Parsons only has twelve, so that's that's <laughs> thirty-three sacks for the rest of the team, right? So it's not just him. They, they've got a lot of guys. They bring a lot of pressure. They blitz a ton under Dan Quinn. Um, so there's no question; it's a it's a bad matchup on paper. You're talking about the team in the NFL that has given up the most sacks versus the defense that mm. has the most sacks racked up. Yeah. Um, so there's no question that that's going to be a huge component of this game. But outside of Parsons and that, that defensive pass rush for the Cowboys, the Colts have to be able to run the ball. You know, the Cowboys are good. There's, there's no question about that. They're 8-3, and three, and they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now, right? They've won four of their last five. But if the Colts are going to hang in this game and ultimately win it, they're going to have to run it. Jonathan Taylor has to be very impactful in this game. The Colts' offensive line has to, you know, designate a push um, because the, the Cowboys, the one chink of their armor, at least on defense, is they're not stopping the run. They're giving up about 130 rushing yards per game. They've lost three games, and in those three games, they're giving up over 160 rushing yards per game. That ranks 28th in the NFL in that regard. So Jonathan Taylor has to be impactful. He needs to be a big part of the offensive game plan for the Colts in order for them to keep it interesting and ultimately win on Sunday night.
0: All right. Does Rick Venturi know any good good restaurants in uh, in Dallas? And will he pick up the check?
1: No, uh, Rick, Rick will. He will. He would hypothetically pick <laughs> up a check, but but Rick's a, he's kind of a hermit crab on these road games. He's he's very much okay. like in coach mode. He he goes he goes straight to the hotel, straight to the hotel room. He's going to watch more film. He's going to get more you know indoctrinated on the opponent. That way, he's fully ready to go for the next day. But uh, Rick is a very, very good. Uh, he's, a, he's a good companion, if you will, on, on the road, and uh, he's always a good guy to talk ball with. There's no doubt about that.
0: A connoisseur of hotel room services nationwide. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. The uh, the broadcast starts at seven thirty on Sunday night with uh, with with the uh, countdown, <laughs> kickoff, and uh, everything. Uh, as far as the game goes, Matt's got you covered over on our sister station. 96 won the ton. Uh, Matt, a million thanks. Dave,
1: okay, my pleasure. Anytime. Good to be with you.